Hey everybody, Hollywood Steve here, and no Ben to hold me back today. Finally, free. I can Freedom. spread my wings and fly, much like R. Kelly told us to do. Oh fuck, I already <laughs> talked about R. Kelly. No, 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 no. I think there's a Kids Bop version. As Kids Bop <laughs> told us. As Kids Bop once told us. I believe I can fly. <laughs> So, uh, Ben's out here, so I invited my pals, Corey and Mark, from Jack of All Graves to come and fix our podcast and make it That's work. Right. Finally. The only other podcast. One the that only definitely knows podcast. what it's doing. Exactly. Uh, it's one of three podcasts I've listened to, so... So as far as that. Mark knows, that's it. That's the fourth <laughs> podcast it's those That may well be uh, it. <laughs> Not if I have listened to a fourth podcast, it's by accident and I don't remember them. You are one of three podcasts I've actively chosen to listen to. And ours ours isn't one of them. <laughs> no, it is. Ours is the other ours is one of them and then there's a third one. <laughs> Once. So here we are, dead and lovely. Gonna be talking about bad taste today. If you wanna get straight to the, the movie discussion, there's a timestamp down there, but uh, you're gonna be missing some fun. I I uh, would admonish you to stay with us. Much like Lisa Loeb would ask. Much like Lisa you Loeb. You say, <laughs> I only hear what. <laughs> uh, here's the deal. So, Bad, bad Taste, uh, Peter Jackson movie. Uh, Mark picked this probably because it's uh, super disgusting. Yes. Wait, Mark looked. Matt, Mark just looked at both of us like, wait, what? I did? I did this? Sounds like yes. something I would have done. Sounds like something I would have chosen. So, I, you're welcome. I suggested a movie I loved, and Mark yeah. went, Nah. <laughs> and uh, when I asked what he wanted to do instead, he sent me a picture of meat. <laughs> yeah, as in as in a reference to uh, Anna Martin, who I think had just been on our cast, and yeah. uh, forevermore her, her, her uh, method of describing gore content in films mm -hmm. is delightfully uh, epicurean and culinary. You know what I mean? She talks yeah. about it in terms of like meat, the meat scale. You got to show that meat. You can't threaten the meat and then cut away to somebody oh, screaming. You got to show me exactly. the fucking meat. Chekhov's meat. Fucking meat. meat. <laughs> exactly. Chekhov's uh, meat. <laughs> <laughs> don't just um, threaten meat mate if there's meat on stage I wanna <laughs> so uh, uh what have you guys been doing this week what have you been watching what have you been uh, ha I know Corey you had some friends over I did I got correct? to be cool auntie this week um, oh yeah yeah as a much like you Steve a, a child free mm -hmm. person yeah uh, I don't interact with children a whole heck of a lot but I do have two goddaughters. so they came to town and I showed them all the best things that New York and New Jersey have to offer oh that's fun Delightful. As a result, I haven't really watched anything, but you know, yeah. it's fun to see the world. Yeah, you got out there and lived eyes. life rather than yeah. watching movies. I don't That's leave weird. the house much, so <laughs> I pretty much go to the gym and my yeah. basement. Uh, so it was kind of nice <laughs> to actually have a reason to. That is pretty much air. my life too. Right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, uh, not we also had the Jack of All Graves book club this, this oh, week. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. The Jack of All Graves book club is like the most fun group Amazing. of horror book nerds on the planet. And reluctant horror book nerds as yeah. well. Because some people joined in just because they love a book club. And they yeah. do not <laughs> enjoy the horror so much. Um, I'm very glad Kristen's there. Though. Yeah, Kristen being the main <laughs> example of that. Every time I just get texts all month yeah. long of her. What just the like, hell oh, is this? God, why? <laughs> uh, and talking about how she's now like, you know, she's like, it's the daytime and I'm having nightmares already. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> but we, yeah, we just read The Return by Rachel Return, Harrison, yeah. which was delightful. Um, mm-hmm. And delightful for a horror book. It was described well, yeah. <laughs> by the author uh, in an interview with Ryan Clark on the Lay Down podcast as uh, the shining at the Madonna Inn. Okay, uh, yeah. So it's a I think pretty, that's pretty good, accurate. Yeah. yeah, pretty accurate description of it. Um, but yeah, that was that was a blast. It's always fun to have you along on those, Steve. I yeah, I love the book club. It's uh, the only thing that's getting me to read, and that's something <laughs> I really need to do. Yeah, yeah. I try. Mark, it's hard, but yeah, no, I, I yes, I want to do it, but I need a deadline, and I need people to answer too. <laughs> exactly. I'm actually impressed because I'm a chronic book club BSer. Uh, yeah, and I have actually read to completion every single one of the books. Yeah, so me far. too. Yeah, I I definitely felt like if I come in here and try to BS, these people will all know that I am <laughs> bullshitting, and so I better read it. I, I love that though. I love the threat of being embarrassed. Yeah, basically, exactly. That's the only reason I do anything. <laughs> uh, Mark, what have you been up to this week, bud? I uh, was well. There's two different answers to that. I mean. Uh, like Canute attempting to turn back the ocean with an outstretched hand <laughs> and hubris. Yeah. Uh, I, on many, many the occasion on Jackal Graves, I have gleefully declared the pandemic over. Um, mm-hmm. On, you know, by virtue of not having had COVID yet. Uh, yeah. And, you know, there, there, there are no more certain words than to give one COVID than the words, ah, I'm probably not going to get COVID now. Um, right. <laughs> Although in, it, I have been saying that for about six months now. Um, it's true. Gleefully. You just made your most uh, insistent proclamation it's true. less than 24 hours before you I know. Went. When I had a it banger is. of a week lined up, uh, mm-hmm. which all of which I've been. But that's not... I, I, didn't, want, I didn't want your fucking podcast to cry, right? I came on your podcast to, to, to chat shit. So I'm not going to cry. Chat I've done shit. Enough. Let's do it. I've done enough crying. The other answer is uh, uh, inhaling movies. I've been absolutely fucking caning oh, yeah? the cinematic awesome. entertainment. Um, uh, which, which is why I'm glad I picked, <laughs> you see what I'm doing my hand, bad taste. Because uh-huh. um, it, it, it was long overdue to see that again, so it was absolutely fantastic to watch that again. But I mean, here's the sort of day I've had, right? I started off with the Batman at 9am, and then... Yeah. Looking for some light affair, I thought, hmm, I've not seen The Godfather yet. So I queued up uh, The Godfather and The Batman for six entirely chuckle free hours. You've not seen The Godfather, this recent film that people are talking about. Long crime thriller. Super yes. long crime thriller. Look, very um, long. And superb. It, it didn't even feel mm. like a crime thriller. It felt like you were just watching these people go about their lives, you know what I mean? Attend weddings and eat food and fucking have arguments. Um, it just yeah. so happens that in between. The shootings, loads and loads and loads of shootings, and, and it's only then that you really realise that you are actually watching massive criminality take place. Yeah, it's just as far as I could see, just ordinary people playing their lives out on screen. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, that. I mean, that's the beauty of it, and that's uh, that's like the real beauty of part two is just how much you get into the characters and how mm. you're not. It's like not registering that these are the bad people. Like, mm. yeah, <laughs> completely. These exactly people that, bad. Exactly that. This not good. Yeah. Yeah, I like I like that element to it a lot. You're definitely gonna enjoy God Godfather too. I think I'm um, going all the way. Um, yeah, <laughs> going all the way. Uh, pa- well, <laughs> part three, boy, you could skip it and never ever ever be disappointed. He's gonna pull an Anna on it. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually surprised you hadn't seen it already because you do like yeah. a crime thriller. You oh, love I do. A mob movie. Absolutely, and this this has always been one of those big 
voids that needed filling. So, hey, thanks to the novel coronavirus. <laughs> you got your void filled. What a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> Ew. I, I will not uh, make any uh, declarations regarding the pandemic, except keep wearing masks. Wear masks. Yeah, wear masks. <laughs> uh, that's, that's it. That's all I got. Um, so I, I have watched so many movies, and I'm I just like, I, I don't even know if uh, we would have the, the time to talk about them, because a lot of them are great. Uh, I will just start oh, with Duel. Um, like the the old uh, truck movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, 1971, Steven Spielberg, made nice. for TV. It is gorgeous. It's great. It's tense. What 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 made you want to watch Duel again? By the way, what made you want to come back to that? Um, you know, it, it I Ben and I were supposed to record an episode on The Hitcher. Yeah. Uh, the 1985 Rutger Hauer. Uh, actually, absolutely amazing movie. We'll we will be talking about it next week. Um, and so I was just looking at uh, other, you know, tense car movies and I was like, oh, Spielberg's duel. Like, I don't think I had seen that ever. I, I don't believe so. Uh, yeah. Watching it was just like this. Nice. It, it, it's got that perfect sort of, uh, I, cause it's a TV movie. I would call it like almost a twilight zone vibe. Sure. It is. It's written by Richard Matheson. Uh, it was, you know, regularly being, uh, a writer for for Twilight Zone, and it also just has like a little bit of humor in yeah. between the tension. That's just a little Twilight Zoney because it's not like exceptionally funny, but it's funny enough. Um, but yeah, I, I loved it. It's amazing. I haven't Go seen it. Am I, am I misremembering it? Is the guy in the truck? Or wait, are you going to spoil it? Is one of the, like like <laughs> no, I'm uh, uh, no because I've probably got this wrong. Have I misremembered it? That one of them is like a giggly kind of maniac. Ah, kind of like a nutter on a, on a radio. No. I got that wrong. Uh, the, so with Duel, the the bad guy, we never see him and we never hear anything from him except to see his arm out the window waving him by. Basically, it's a it's a road rage movie. It's a yeah, ninety minute chase. Yeah, it's it's great. I love it. Um, also rewatched Existence. Um, David Cronenberg, Jude Law. Is that how you're supposed to pronounce it? That's one of those movies I just avoid saying out loud. <laughs> Luckily, they say it plenty of times in the film. You get yeah, all the they do say from. it plenty of times in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. It, it, it's great. I, I love it. It's the first time I saw it. I was on like so much uh, uh, shrooms. Just ate <laughs> like a bunch of shrooms, and I didn't get anything that was going on in the movie but i loved every second of it mm. and then when i rewatched it i was like oh this is a good movie too okay <laughs> so um yeah i i highly recommend watching any cronenberg but existence is, is great what what's the plot of this one <laughs> so right. it's a yeah this is gonna be hard um it's about <laughs> a, a game basically a yeah. biological gaming system that you plug into your spine um oh, okay. or is it 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 <laughs> It's about a game within a game within a game. Yes. It is It is multi-layered, and you never know if you ever touch reality. Oh, um, okay. It's great. How I'm, body horror-y is it? Very. Okay. <laughs> They're yes. biological Super. game systems that look like... They look like... Um, they attach, like, by umbilical cords, Ooh. and they look like little... Um, what would you call it? Like, what, what is that thing that surrounds the baby in the thingy? 
placenta the game. Placenta? Yeah, there you Dreamcast go. Dreamcast via me to placenta. That's what. That's what. There you go. Is. Perfect. It's got little yes. nubbins that you tickle. And you uh -huh. give it a little tweak and a little prod mm -hmm. and make it make the noise, and then you're playing it. Yeah. Oh, maybe you give it a bit of a fingering, perhaps? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Some, <laughs> something gets fingered, doesn't it, at some um, point? At one point, Jennifer Jason Lee does finger Jude Law's spine hole. There you oh, go. Mm. It's, it's, uh -huh. it's, 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 good to see, it's good to see him back in, in that realm, isn't it? With Is it Crimes of the Future? That looks very... He's in that, that kind mm. of corner of his, yeah. of his happy place there. I it? think because he looks like a robot just as a person like he looks like yeah, somebody was that. like let's i mean in ai he plays that uh, uh, uh companion mm. uh, cyborg whatever thing not cyborg uh robot uh and it seems kind of perfect for him because it's, it's like he was made to be handsome but like they <laughs> right. didn't they didn't put He's enough been in like storage for a few decades and yeah the foam <laughs> is falling off his endoskeleton right. yeah exactly um but yeah no existence is great um we last friday we watched a movie called madhouse which was i i don't i don't pay attention to the screaming chat movies i'm like i watched that it was about a birthday i believe was it I, oh, oh. actually i think it oh that was the one that we were all like i think this might actually be might good, if good. We were, yeah yeah. So, <laughs> Madhouse might be good. Yeah, you might to want say. to watch it. I think it might have yeah. been good, but we weren't paying nearly enough no, attention to it. All. I think <laughs> I, what I had said about it was, so we had watched a few months ago the Toolbox Murders. The Toolbox Murders, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, which got very weird and mm -hmm. like... Long sort of like villain monologue yeah, about why and it got a little was, like... Yeah rapey molesty yes, in it, it was and weird. uh mm -hmm. so it was kind of cool but then it was also like oh it just gave you gross feelings and i feel yeah. like this was kind of like like it shared a lot of dna with yes, toolbox sure. murders and then yeah. was less uh less weird and monologue and things yeah. like that and genuinely uh, like uh, one of the our, our friend Ryan who was in the chat mm -hmm. her husband was actually paying attention during right. the movie uh, <laughs> and was like oh I think the twist is going to be this and he turned out to be right uh, and it was interesting yeah, so it was. I think it was an you should twist. probably watch Madhouse I think it you actually might should, be worthwhile yeah. it gets really think, unhinged at least it gets really yeah. crazy towards the end yeah the there's, a, there's that like early 80s proclivity for all of the serial killers and slashers to have some sort yeah, of Freudian yeah, yeah. Uh, reasoning. Like, yes. There's always something there that's Freudian. Mm -hmm. um, we also watched It Came From The Desert, which is a movie adaptation of an Amiga game from like the 80s. It's um, a game adaptation? It was a video game adaptation, yeah. Were those particularly common in the 80s? Oh, this is not an 80s... It's an adaptation from, like, a few years ago. Oh, the game is from the 80s, but the... <laughs> I think I remember the studio made that. They they went through a phase of... Uh, they made games that, that were made to look as though they were cinema properties. They did one called Rocket Ranger, which was a kind of a Rocketeer riff. Um, oh. And I think they were quite good for Amiga games at the time. They 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 uh, nailed that cinematic feeling. They were quite high yeah. high production value games. Yeah, they they um at, in the the credits of this they were showing like the actual gameplay, and I was yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. that does look cool. Mm. The movie <laughs> <Nice>. sucks. <laughs> the movie's so bad. <laughs> um, 
But what yeah, was it? I, it came I did, from the desert. It came from the desert. I do not. Was recommend it ants or spiders? What are the other? Uh, ants. They're like really big ants that have all sorts of non-ant powers. So that's fine. <laughs> as opposed to the ant powers. Actually, no. There yeah. is the <laughs> fact that can't they lift like a bajillion Ten. times? Yeah, they can lift like a huge amount. Fuck me, ant. Yeah. And they appear out of nowhere. True. Unless they're and large. To know where they go. Yeah, <laughs> to know where they go. They just suddenly exist. They've been crawling out of my keyboard lately. Where are they in my keyboard? Why? <laughs> I wondered what you were going to say. Crawling out of your what? <laughs> she went with keyboard. It's fine. <laughs> my hand positioning on that, too, is very ambiguous. Uh, keyboard. It formed keyboard. They, it came from my keyboard. <laughs> So we also yeah. this uh, this this uh, Friday. I don't remember what we watched. I know on Sunday we watched uh, Puppet Master. I can do this. I can do this. Oh wait, Puppet Master. Yeah, no, I wasn't yeah. there Friday. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what we watched, but uh, oh fuck, I do. I do know. Killdozer. We That's watched Killdozer because right, Rob was very excited about watching that. Yeah. Or no, John was. No. Yeah. No. Rob was excited about that. Okay, John so was excited about the desert one. Here's the thing about Killdozer. We had watched it before, and I didn't remember it, and I currently don't remember it again. So <laughs> that's Killdozer. Maybe you should make a mental note. Sit me getting your money's worth out of Killdozer. Yeah, uh, it's uh, the thing is that like uh, it was it was again it was like uh, I saw Duel, um, and and Killdozer was another one that came up like a you know car based horror movie. Uh, it's so boring, mm. and like everyone <laughs> just acts exactly the wrong way in relation to a bulldozer like they just keep like turning around and going oh no it's like the austin power scene with the steam yeah it's like that scene for an hour and a half yeah so that that's killdozer but i mean like it has an interesting premise that a rock from space animated this bulldozer and made it want to It's a red kill. kryptonite bulldozer. Yeah. Situation. <laughs> it's okay. a red kryptonite bulldozer. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I like um, the idea of it. Yeah, the idea and and, and the fact is it's killdozer with uh, an exclamation point. It's just great. To, <laughs> like someone's run up to you like, shouted at you. Get him. <laughs> oh fuck. All right, God. <laughs> oh my God! It's a killdozer. <laughs> uh, it de- that definitely sounds like the kind of movie where name came first. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think they were just like, oh, uh, killdozer. I oh, guess sounds maybe. great. All right, what should it be about? I don't know. People standing there waiting for a Oops. bulldozer from space to uh, run over them. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So that was killdozer. Uh, yes, yeah, so I've seen I've seen a, a ton of things this week. Let's though. Take a real quick turn into the preview palace. <gasps> Welcome to the preview palace. Oh, the preview Where palace today, is so beautiful. Thank you. I know we really love what you've redecorated done with the place. in here. Yeah, sparkling. It's nice. blinding me. <laughs> well, we were working on the blinding issue. That is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it real hard to watch the movie afterwards. Yeah. So we we're talking about bad taste today, and bad taste is a movie full of gross shit. And guess what? Jack of all graves really like builds their foundation on mm. is gross shit. We do like gross shit. So throughout your episodes, you have talked about so many gross things. Uh, I believe on an episode I was on with. You talked about a, a lake that basically <laughs> farted people to death. Yeah, I hadn't conceived of it to be that 
at the time. Uh, but Martin but it pointed them. it out. Yeah. Certainly, that was the takeaway from yeah. from this. This was Lake Neos in Cameroon. Uh-huh. That uh, it it was farting people to death, uh, and mm-hmm. a lot of people <laughs> and an entire village uh, ceased to exist as a result Crazy. of the fart lake. Yeah, and and it couldn't have been pleasant to go that way. No, to no. smell and well, fart. Well, no, apparently. I know. Nobody yeah. could smell it, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It was uh, silent but deadly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, so I wanted you guys to just bring some of your good gross stories from, from your podcast to just let everybody know what Jack of All Graves is all about. So let's hear some awesome grossness. See, the thing with Joag is you, you don't know, and by you I mean... I don't know mm-hmm. what the next episode is going to be about. So, you know, right. rather than recalling specific episodes, it's been more of a year and a half of unease. <laughs> you know yes. what I mean? Yeah, you could, I could I be picking the kids up from school and thinking about a sinkhole dragging me to my doom. I could be right. driving to pick up a Domino's and I could be, you know, wondering if it'll have human meat on it. Uh <laughs> It's, it's, you know, catching a peek into somebody's living room as you walk past their home and thinking, do they have a dead parent in the freezer? Whatever, you, <laughs> whatever we're chatting about that week ends up permeating that week, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not exactly stuff dead you necessarily want Dead in the freezer. To. Yeah. Oh, there are so many of them. That, this is a thing that we learned on, on, on Joe. So let's talk about something, something gross. Well, especially for me, because I'm a little bit of a, a germ phobe, especially when it comes mm. to food. Um, And one thing that we have learned from Jack of All Graves is that at any given time, you are but a stone's throw from a dead relative in somebody's freezer. True. For various reasons, people... Wait, didn't an anti-abortion activist just get found with like 10 fetuses or something? Yeah. Which makes all the sense in the world to me. I mean, that's nothing to explain there. That's perfectly... Yeah, Yeah, no, that's real normal. I'm against right? abortion. I just have these jars of babies. It's yeah. normal. These are ones that I've stopped in my free time. Yeah, I don't know why people... <laughs> <laughs> the trophy. Uh, yeah. Um, for various reasons, you know, people... I, I think, like, you see this in, like, horror movies and stuff like that. Like, oh, mm-hmm. so there, you know, you go and you open up the freezer and they're bodies in them it's a trope yeah but you wouldn't think it's super realistic but for various reasons often that seemed to have to do with rent mm. people yes. like you know people live in like rent controlled places uh-huh. where uh the person whose name is on the lease yeah dies rent collecting uh-huh. benefits that's another one uh, collecting right. benefits things like that you don't have to okay. move out of the apartment things like that so you just chop them up and you put them in there I can get Ooh. my mum's money without having to deal with any of my mum's bullshit. Aside no. from her corpse. Okay, I mean, you know? that, that, that is one way to think of it. Yeah. Kind of a dead-alive situation. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Kind of. But, right? yeah. <laughs> you know, again, I'm, I'm trying to work out if I've got the right change at the ice cream van. And then I'm thinking, that has that freezer got a... <laughs> dead mother in that freezer. It's... <laughs> what if there is? Oh, my God. Like, yeah, you're right. I... That... It's too common to not think about it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that, that is like, I think the, 
the 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 crux of, of your podcast is uh, just a constant anxious reminder of of the realities of life. That's exactly yes. what it is. Yeah. And uh, man, Corey is very fond of telling me that she believes I need therapy, right? That I need some uh-huh. kind of psychological medical intervention. Yes. But I don't because I've got Joag. <laughs> oh, okay, that's, yeah. That's what it is. It's yeah. No, I, have, I you know I get that. I don't wake up and go, oh, fuck, that was a fucked up thought. Ugh, I hope I never have that again. I simply will bang it on my little notes app and, and give it voice during the next episode of Jack of All Graves. It's an immediate avenue of, of catharsis and exorcism True. of every fucking... Because there's no judgment on Jack of All Graves, friends. No. It's not a podcast <laughs> that will judge you. No, 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 no. We didn't see you, did we? You know? Come on in, have a little listen. Um, Joag. The very unique male habit of uh, unloading to a woman instead of yeah. going to therapy. Yeah. Maybe, that, maybe that's what I'm doing. But look, hey, we're a year and a half in, and uh, all I have now is uh, I have to give these fucking horrific ideas active thought as opposed to boxing them away in a little safe yeah. place of my head. Yeah, obviously one of my um, hang-ups that comes up on here too that I... Uh, think is probably well is very relevant to mm-hmm. the bad taste as cannibalism mm. yeah that does seem one of Ooh. our pet topics doesn't it we come back to yeah. that we in fact uh just last week or the week before we did yeah. an episode uh entitled meat cute m-e-a-t uh-huh. uh that <laughs> just you know, there's any vagueness about the spelling yeah. Corey's here to yeah. tell you that it was m-e-a-t sir <laughs> just so you know <laughs> Yes. Meat. Uh, meat cute, which in which uh, Mark talked about a Japanese murderer who um, ate mm. a woman, see mm-hmm. what it was like, killed and ate a woman, um, and then became like a mega famous superstar for it. Oh, he, right. Yeah. Walked the fuck free, uh, yeah. committed these atrocities in France, walked the fuck free during the... Uh, the the repatriation process and remained mm-hmm. there. He's absolutely free as a boyd. Yeah, I I remember hearing this story and it uh, being one of those things where it's like I I think we you know until until we all had access to all the information in the world yes. at any moment. Mm. Yeah, we we all had this like safe kind of feeling that some there's there's some justice in the world. That anytime bad right. things happen, it gets like fixed. Somehow. Surely, yeah, it must. But, but no, 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 this man ate, ate. Wasn't it uh, like a like a Dutch hiker or something like that? I can't remember. I think she was, was, a, she was, was a classmate a, of his. Yeah, it was a classmate. Yeah. He was yeah. quite the academic, and uh, and then just walked, yeah, shot, yeah. killed, and ate one of his classmates, and had a a life of notoriety and fame uh, off the back of it. Yeah. And there sure are pictures on the mm. internet oh. of it as well, which is horrifying. And on Jesus. the other end of that spectrum, too, there was, uh, what what was his name? Armin Muse? Was that his name? Mark the oh. ethical oh. cannibal. Well, yeah. I mean, if, if Joe were to have a sponsor, it might be this guy. It might be Armin Muse. Because, <laughs> um, hey, don't get me wrong. Fucked up urges are one thing, and acting on them is a totally different realm, of course. Right. And I dare say... There are, in fact, I would swear to it after the past year and a half of doing Jack of All Graves that any one of us walks past a couple of cannibals per week, but they're unfulfilled uh. cannibals, yeah? They're cannibals for whom cannibalism is just, oh, I might get to it one day, non-committal cannibals, <laughs> if, if, if you will. 
It's on the old bucket list. Exactly. Bless their lack of commitment, though. Yeah, right. <laughs> Wishy-washy about it. Armin was one of these. Armin was one of these. He Armin decided, you know, he, he was going to get the fucking gumption together, um, but do it right, do it properly, and advertise for a male mate mm-hmm. uh, who would be in on it, you know, who would be up for it, who would be up for getting together, maybe a bit of light murder, and some cannibalism. Bit of light um, murder. Yes. Uh, Armin, of course... Well, look, hey, he, he, he got exactly what he wanted. Somebody replied to his advert, and as uh, as with our, our our Japanese friend, thank you to the Information Age for making, just fucking documenting all of these strange, strange, strange crimes so beautifully and so well-preserved. His entire journey to meet this fella, uh, the, the house that he used afterwards to cook and eat and kill the guy. Um, mm-hmm. It's all there. These stories are, are immortalized, easy to pick up the thread of, and easy to fucking marvel at. Yeah. Everyone who you walk past, man, everyone in the past year or so of Jack of All Graves will have had. We've we we we'll have we've come across everyone's filia at some point or another, and we're not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> didn't uh, didn't they? He cut off the guy's penis while he was still alive, and yep. then they he cooked yeah, it up they and tried, they tried to, to like, eat it. Yeah, they tried to share it together, and this whole thing. Yeah, right. like a cute little, you know, How sweet. thing they were going to do yeah. together, a little last meal. Um, <laughs> the thing that drove me into this, like, what drove my obsession with cannibalism, because I don't think I was always, like, really curious about it. Mm-hmm. But the thing that started this was that there was a story, like, a decade ago mm. that disgusted me and intrigued me in equal measure about okay. this guy who and I and I talked about this in this episode. He had, um, for whatever reasons, he'd been in an accident of some sort, and he had to have his foot amputated. Mm-hmm. Oh, and so he was like, "Can I take it home?" And I guess in whatever state <laughs> that he's in, you're allowed to do that. I know in a lot of places, like bio waste, you cannot take it right. home or anything like that because you have to yeah. dispose of it, especially. It's like the dentist giving you a tooth, isn't it? That's all it is, in a way. Right. Sure. Sort of. It, you know, in, in California, they often won't even give you your tooth. So, like, people huh. get, like, weird about this stuff. But for whatever reason, they let the guy take his foot home. And what this fella did was he invited his friends over. Yeah. And he oh. made, like, foot asada tacos out of the mm. foot. And, like... What's wild about this is that he, the pictures look delicious. Oh, no. (laughs) And that grosses me out more than if it had been like, oh, that looks like a foot. Like, the fact that I was like, that looks like a delicious carne asada asada taco haunts me. I sometimes, (laughs) I just think about the picture of the taco and like my entire body, just like a yeah. shiver runs all the way through it. It disgusts me to no end. And yet, and yet, ask me if I've looked at it more than once. And yet, have you looked at it more than once? I have looked at it far more than one time. Yeah. I've gone back to it over and over and over again. I think it's horrifying. interesting in in just those two stories that. Uh, the, these these guys really wanted to try human meat, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the cuts of meat they went with were penis and foot. Yeah, you make a great point. Like, who would ever 
be like, you know what would be the best yeah. part to eat? Dick. The penis. Yeah. Foot dick stew. <laughs> Foot dick stew. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. Oh. Not so much. I don't. <laughs> it makes no sense. But I guess you take what's available. This is another. You know what? I mm-hmm. lied just now when I said I was. That was my first obsession Uh-oh. with cannibalism. It's that's not true because I think it was uh, Issei Sagawa, the guy that Mark discussed, who I read about when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. I used to stay up late reading CrimeLibrary.com, yeah, uh, which later became Court TV, and now is probably gone. I don't know, mm. uh, but they just had stories of like every serial killer and all this kind of stuff on there. And I read about him, and the thing that haunted me about that case, speaking mm. of why pick that part of the body mm-hmm. to eat, uh, was oh, that yeah, yeah, yeah. he tr- he tried to eat the poor girl's asshole, and it was why? too smelly. So he had to stop. And that just feels like insult to injury to me. To be like, you know, like not only are you murdered, dismembered, eaten, the man's going to get away with it. Your picture of your mutilated corpse is going to be all over the Mm -hmm. internet. But also he told everyone your ass stank. That. Wow. What? (laughs) That is. What the fuck? At that point, he went too far. That, that yeah, is that where was he it. That was line. the line, and he he just went right past it. It was way harsh, Ty. I just like what what would be. I mean, listen, I get maybe he heard about ass eating, and he was like, "Oh, okay." Took it way too literally. Way too literal. Yeah. And he was like, "I don't know how you guys are into this." Um, <laughs> but I, I I again, it's like, why? What is the com- what's compelling you to eat someone's asshole? Mm. And complain about it, get, and then complain. And complain about it. Like, come on, have, buddy. Have the, the you were the architect of the situation, mate. This was your fault. <laughs> you, this was on you. You chose. <laughs> Ain't nobody yeah. gonna fucking gun to your head, pal. No. <laughs> yeah. Now, another um, horrifying, grotesque thing I feel that Mark mm-hmm. should talk about. Um, it had to do with being pulled through machinery. Oh, yes. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, one of my constant preoccupations is and believe it or not i think i hear this in a, 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 an aladdin one of the strict video aladdin sequels right uh, you'd be you'd be amazed okay. at what the human body is capable of recovering from okay and you trust me you really fucking would um just the absolute mad shit that the human form has been subject to and has gone on to kind of kind of walk it off a little bit right okay um, I mean, indulge me a second. How big is twelve inches? Make it kind of a twelve. <laughs> make it kind of a twelve-inch space for you. There you go. There you go. There you go. What if I? What if I told you that there was a lad from the UK who, uh, in an industrial accident at his workplace, was pulled through a hole of no more than twelve inches. His entire. Oh. Was, I think you're overstating this too, because wasn't it the size of a CD? It, that does ring a bell, actually. That's, in which case, yeah, it may well have been a little more between like shit. six to eight inches six or seven what? inches. About yay. Was he super, the, super a thin fellow? He wasn't. He, 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 afterwards, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, but with, with he with looked what like that guy like, from Beetlejuice afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> with what felt like hardly any time between the the event and the time when we see him. Uh, and as you'd expect, the guy's made a little bit of money off this. I, I certainly fucking would. Um, yeah. But he's he's on his two feet. He's mobile, you know. Mm-hmm. Walked it <laughs> off. 
In fact, I think he tried to go back to working at the same place where he uh, did the uh, the accident, which, I mean, there's, there's loyalty and... I guess, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. yeah. Jesus. Fucking the size of a CD, Steve. Incredible oh. stuff. You just can't help but, like... No, you can't. Like, imagine it? Well, know? yeah, exactly. Like... Or visualize it. When you're out and about, you see a small gap yeah. between fences or, you know, you see a car drive over a mantle, you think, hmm, he's done 12 mm. inches. I wonder if I could do 11 you know what I mean? What's the, what's the fucking, what's the bare minimum here? How low can you go? It's not usually actually how I think about it, but... Um... Yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so, I mean, listen, this, this is uh, this is exactly what Joe Ag is all about. Every single week. I, yeah, I have one more that I feel like Let's we should yeah. really get across awesome. here. Um, and, and I told this in much more detail on the podcast, but I just feel like... It's so cinematic that Let's hear it. your listeners will appreciate it. Uh, that there was, and I'm just going to get bare bones of this. There was a fella who was out working in a tree, and oh. he had a chainsaw. Oh. And uh, this poor guy <laughs> managed to uh, end up sort of sawing this branch off in a way that caused the branch to fall, him to fall out of the tree, um, and, you know, kind of got knocked out, right, initially. Mm-hmm. When he came to, uh, you know, he had clearly sort of broken his legs, his Ugh. wrists, all this stuff, like Ugh. really just absolutely devastating injuries. Mm-hmm. But the worst thing about this was as he woke up, he realized that he had fallen on top of the chainsaw, which was in the active process of sawing his head off. Incredible. Now this guy did exactly what Mark is talking about here and uh, walked it the fuck off. What he did (laughs) was he managed to get up, uh, walk, I feel like it was about a quarter of a mile to his truck on like a broken leg, broken wrist. And here is the most visceral, disgusting part of this. Because the chainsaw had nearly cut his neck, like, clean off, it was hanging by a flap, right? And he was (laughs) holding his head on as he walked. But he was bleeding intensely. Uh, So every now and again, as he walked towards the truck, he would have to stop, pull his head back, and clear the blood from his esophagus oh, to keep from choking him. Damn. Yep. Managed yeah. to drive to a neighbor's nearby house uh, where they then took him to a hospital that was miles and miles away. Dude fully oh recovered God. from it, lived oh, like what? another 20 years. He was already like, he was like 70 at the time what? when Fucking this happened. What a uh, diehard. Yeah, <laughs> like, went that on. guy just would not give up. Okay. It's straight up, it's like like Edgar from Men in Black is how I'm picturing this guy walking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> your head's hanging off your neck, Edgar. <laughs> it's so, so that horrific. Again, it's one of those images that you can't help but picture and like imagine that scenario you know it's very visceral a guy clearing blood from his throat and then holding his head back on as he walks on broken legs reality is so much more brutal than horror movies Mm -hmm. it's just so much more brutal (laughs) it's so 
so horrifying. Like, I feel just, like any time like you're watching a horror movie and you think this is probably over the top, probably not. Nowhere near. No. Might be tame. Exactly. <laughs> We're just like constantly stumbling upon stories where you're like, if that happened in a movie, I would say no. <laughs> you, bullshit, I would enjoy yeah. <laughs> it. Like that yeah. image in a movie would be mm-hmm. cool as fuck, but I would never, yeah. I would be like, that's so unrealistic. Yeah, no way that would happen, right. But it did. Uh, it's, listen, everybody, go listen to Jack of All Graves. It's uh, <laughs> one of my favorite podcasts. I listen to it in the gym. Thank you. It's not the place to listen to <laughs> this type of podcast, but that's what I do, because I'm a fucking weirdo. Yeah. Um. But yeah, go check them out, and let's get on to the the movie portion here. Bad Ooh. Taste. Bad Peter taste. Jackson. It is his first feature length film. He had made mm. some uh, some like shorts, um, stop motion things. Um, he he really was obsessed with cameras and and movie making from from childhood. So he was always trying to make movies and kind of a bunch of abortive efforts up to this point where he he would he would start something and. Just kind of get bored of it and, and move on to the next thing. I get that. I feel it. Mm. Um, right. But yeah, this was like, the... infinitely relatable. Yeah, 100%. This was originally supposed to be a short, and eventually, after four years of shooting on weekends with his friends um, and making all the effects himself, using a camera, most of the time using a camera that could only shoot in 30-second bursts because <laughs> it was a wind-up <laughs> camera. Wow. That this was meant as a short actually makes this make a lot more sense. It does, yeah, it so. does. So, but but as you watch this, just keep those things in mind mm. that uh, this may not be the best movie you've ever seen, but as far as punk rock DIY aesthetic and and things like that, it, it's it's got Peter Jackson all over it, mm, mm-hmm. and the Peter Jackson Jackson. The Peter Jackson uh, that I know, especially Mark, but that we all kind mm-hmm. of know and love. These are these are the the blueprints. This is the guide, the handbook to Completely. Peter Jackson right here. You're 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 seeing stuff that was that was to become trademarks of his. You know what I mean? We yeah. were talking before we started recording about how uh, rather than calling the British, the Commonwealth, the military, you know. Yeah. They just get the boys, you know what I mean? They just summon yeah. uh, what is apparently New Zealand's own grassroots paramilitary squadron. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just these four guys in a car. That, that provincial <laughs> sense of humour, I think, was still completely fully functioning. Uh, as his pictures got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, he never yeah. he never quite lost uh, that, like I said, that backyard grassroots kind of sensibility to his humour. And you can see yeah. that the, the the meme looks like meat's back on the menu, boys. That's that tiny kind of scale, that bonhomie that he brings to his comedy. Even when the scale just went, whoosh, you know, gigantic. Yeah. It's proper building blocks stuff that you see in bad taste, and that's you know, it's way bigger than the sum of its parts. For sure, yeah. And it's it's a movie that, um, as you said, is, is basically about four Kiwis who are set to, to take on an alien. Uh, race that has come here to yeah. basically make fast food out of people. And you get the yeah. impression that they've done that like twice that week. You know what I mean? It's just one more job right. for them, isn't it? There's absolutely yes, exactly. no, <laughs> no ceremony given to them. There's no Mars attacks. There's no, no film crews. There's no gigantic crowds. Right. There's no... It's just, oh, the boys, oh, fuck, we've got to do this again. It's just... Uh, it, it, 
for the British who are listening, it's like Arvida's in pet uh, viewed through Close Encounters. It, it's like these are working class fucking lads from some town in New Zealand uh, with a rocket launcher in their boot and a chainsaw weirdly. <laughs> Um, yes. Because these I are like just the chainsaw the perfect... is the weird part, not the yeah, rocket yeah, launcher. Is, yeah. <laughs> the rocket launcher makes some sense. Yeah, it's because, New Zealand. Yeah, you never know. That's yeah. what you need in New Zealand uh, when the the uh, extraterrestrial bastards are at the door. Two things really shine in this film. Um, one being the effects. Uh, like you, you can't. No, no matter uh, even if because I, I watching this the first time was just like I don't even know what's happening. Yeah, yeah. I like it, but I don't even know what's happening. <laughs> like most of the time, the story was liking it. Thing, but yeah, yeah. No, I get that. <laughs> I get it. Um, but uh, the the effects really shine. Uh, yes. Specifically, the the alien heads oh, that yeah. uh, there they uh, so Peter Jackson had to adjust the size of them for to fit his mom's oven. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so they look the that. way they look because of his mom's oven dimensions, and I love that. I love the way that that, <laughs> like, it, it's just a, a, you know, you have to work within your limitations. Yeah, the and constraints are very yeah. real on this film. Yeah. You know that everything about it is, you know, like that. Your, your mom's oven. A lot of this revolves around his parents. He got two grand as a loan from his parents sure. to start. They this. got the camera um, from his parents. His parents, yeah. the uh, they, his mom drove him there mm-hmm. on Sundays and picked him up at the end of the day mm-hmm. and because there's no like cell phones or anything like that if his crew didn't show up he just sat there all day <laughs> yeah. until his mom came and picked him mm-hmm. back up again um that's so cute though like really I love that like but my yeah, mom the, drove me to movie practice right yeah exactly <laughs> the constraints even like the social constraints on this movie the fact that and this shows in it these aren't actors these are just dudes he knew um, yeah. But the things that occurred in this, in the making of this movie, are like, like if you put the that thing you do plot into like these real like doofy dudes from New Zealand, and they're like, like one of them became a Christian partway through the movie and yeah, like yeah, left because yeah. he was like, I can't work on a violent movie. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, there's like all these little That's things. Fun. They were in like a a soccer league and they wouldn't show up because they were playing soccer and like. <laughs> All these little ways it fell apart. It just feels like the constraints on this movie are very relatable to just what it's like to try to make or do anything as a person who isn't already bankrolled by other people. But right. I don't think any of that is to apologize for it. I mean, no. uh, I know it, it's tempting to go, ah, yeah, it looks a bit ropey, but hey, they did it on, on the weekends. Hey, <laughs> you know, plenty of times here he kind of goes outside of the of, of the boundaries of what he's working in. I mean, he built an entire front of a, of a home, got it to fly, yeah. got it up in fucking space, there are explosions in there, a car blows up, a sheep blows up. Uh, <laughs> for, for, for 1986, 1987, some of those prosthetics, some of those gore effects are perfectly serviceable. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, he's obviously watching Tom Savini really closely. Uh, yeah, he's big fan of Tom Savini. Yep, yep, yep. And that, and that comes across, you know, yeah. The fact that it exists at all is a uh, a kind of a testimony to the the work that went into it. But the fact that some of it actually comes across looking quite serviceable as well, considering what yeah. else was being professionally produced at the time, uh, you know, says that it works on an entirely different level. They uh, basically, yeah, were just working off a small, tiny little budget until near the end when they showed it to the New Zealand Film Board, who gave them like two two hundred thousand or something. Which is, you know, they actually had to build three models of that house for the wow. different, like, shots for flying, for getting hit with the 
the rocket launcher, etc. Uh, so he, he had a, a bit of money to finish it, but right. all that lead up to it is just, yeah, him putting it together, cobbling it together with just what they had. And I, and I think that's amazing. The, the second thing that's got to be the star is uh, they didn't really have a script. And you're <laughs> shooting abundantly over, clear. <laughs> right. And you're shooting over four years right. with, uh, again, a 30 second burst on the camera. Marvel. This is a marvel of editing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be able to put this together and it it looks good. I mean, it looks as good as you would expect it to for the money put into mm-hmm. it and the camera being used. Right. But it, it also, without the editing, there's no way this is a story. There's not, like, <laughs> there's just not enough uh, to to really follow if, if you... Um, you know, if you don't have those end bits and that like opening bit with the you know call the boys type of thing, right. like yeah, 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 all that like is is the only way that this makes any sort of sense. And otherwise, it's just people playing in the woods with uh, toy guns that they made. Very true. Yeah. Let me say, <laughs> which this is, is fun. You know, is it? This is my thing about this movie. <laughs> I think it. You know, beginning first thirty minutes or whatever are very fun uh, uh-huh. to watch. Uh, and the end of it, you know, is kind of fun. The thing about this movie is that, like, you're kind of... Your twist in the plot or whatever, where you find out what is happening here, happens yeah. at about 30 minutes into the movie. Yeah, yeah. it's way And too then late. what should be the, like, 20-minute climax area of the movie is an hour. Yeah. And... I watched it twice, refused to, like, I didn't use my cell phone, anything like that. I was like, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to watch this movie. And I zoned out so much, I still was like, I have no idea what's going on here. <laughs> I don't know why anything is happening because it does that, have that hour problem. Yeah. is a slog to watch a bunch of guys play army man in the, in the <laughs> woods. But <laughs> there are so many good things that happen during it. There's, like, yes. there's plenty yeah. of good little bits of things mm-hmm. that in... 20 minutes yes would be a lot of fun uh but yeah. i don't uh, when you say there's no script or that you know in trying to edit this thing together of pieces of something over all these years yeah that makes perfect sense but this is where i just have to get my piece out because i want to talk more about like obviously how much mark loves it and why it was so formative but this is mm-hmm. my thing about this movie where i'm like it's not that i think everything about this is terrible or anything like that right. so mm-hmm. you know for all my eye rolling and all that it's just that that middle part <laughs> It was real yeah. boring with it a is. couple a real good things peppered throughout it. Yes. Mark, why is this so formative to you? Uh, there's there's a lot of attention to detail going on, right, in that hour. Yeah. While I get that it's... it's Now I think about it, is there a single non-white male in this movie? Is it just white no. blokes? I don't think there's a single it lady is. or yeah. non-white performer in the entire thing. No, but to be fair, there's also only like four people in it. Also <laughs> well, true, also true, true, also true, also true. <laughs> but within that hour, right, when it's just those four fucking fellas dicking around, um, y- you've got, like I said, a fully formed sense of personality to it and, and warmth. Sure. Answer me a couple of questions. Why? Why? Because in the many times I've seen Bad Taste, I've never come across a convincing explanation as to why the, the car that the boys travel in has a cardboard cutout of the Beatles pretending to drive it. Why is it there? Anyone? Is it tactical? <laughs> I assumed yeah, it we... was a, like one of those sunscreen things, you know, that you put on the front of a car. Um, but yeah. I don't, I really, 
I don't know because I have one that has like the Avengers on it. Oh, like a sun, like a gu- okay. So you sun, your, your you car doesn't I mean? get too hot. One right. Of those so your yeah, car yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah, get yeah. hot. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Right. I don't know. <laughs> it seems yeah, it seems like a diversionary tactic. Like yeah. Uh, mm. Oh, know. it's a busload of people, but it's really right. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Though yeah, I don't know why you pick the Sergeant Pepper's Beatles. <laughs> Like, what's going on yeah. there? Until I get that explained to me properly, I will not rest until Peter Jackson Maybe it's himself. contextual. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Maybe it's a New Zealand thing. I don't fucking know. It's like a very New Zealand thing at that time. <clears throat> I yes. don't know. Uh, but like, like I said, that, that hour where, where if, if you were going to reach for your phone, maybe you would have reached for your phone, is actually pretty dense with bits going on. as dense, And none of these bits is going to get more than a kind of a a quick exhalation from the nose or a rice smile, but it's loads of that right. stuff going on, right? Absolutely loads of that yeah. stuff going on. Um, I've seen um, 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 Dark Star, John Carpenter's early film, Dark Star. It's, right, yeah. It's a it's a vibe twin with Dark Star. There's so much mm. going on um, that, it, that it's tempting to kind of gloss over because you're used to seeing that stuff in the director's later work. You just, but this is the first time he's ever done half of this stuff, you know what I mean? Right. Um, his, you know, I can't remember if he does this in Meet the Feebles. It's certainly in Brain Dead. These little, just so quick, you wouldn't, you'd miss them if you didn't know you were looking for them. Shots of uh, the royal family. Our queen stars in at least yeah. two of Peter Jackson's right. works. Um, yep, right, which, and it's like I the first adore. shot of this movie is the queen. I know, I know, she's in Brain Dead, um, and it's all with this kind of right smile of of respect towards our our monarchy, which is I could only assume hilarious. Uh, <laughs> On more than one occasion this week, by the way, it's been suggested to me that it would be funny as fuck if I died before the Queen. How hilarious would that be? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking, (laughs) ha ha, she got me. If I caught COVID and died, and then the day after the fucking Queen were to die. That would be just take everything that I hold dear. And Lizzie popped her clogs, bitch, and I never, and I never got to see. It. Um, I, I did. Did you notice, Mark, the the uh, princess die and and uh, the princess die watch? The watch, yes, I did. Was wearing? Yeah. I certainly did. Yes. Who was I wearing thought, a princess die watch? Yeah, one of the, the boys. boys was wearing a prince. It was Princess Di and Charles. I guess probably from their wedding, <laughs> like a um a royal wedding. Uh, yeah. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? memorial watch yeah commemorative yeah. that's the one yeah. that's the one yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I thought that the those editions were interesting and fun the idea that these people actually are a government agency <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah is is insane yep uh going back to the effects just for a second one of the things that like blew my mind is they didn't like th- those guns are just stuff that peter jackson props, threw yeah, together yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's Mm-hmm. They look great. I mean, you know, uh, great. If you see them in high definition, obviously <laughs> yeah, it looks like a fake much. gun. Yeah. But if you see it, obviously as you would have back then, VHS, it it looks great. It looks fine. There's works, no there's nothing to complain me. about. And am I giving the film too much credit? Uh, Semi improvised as it was over so many years for uh-huh. the scene where after running out of ammo. Derek turns around and pretends to fire at one of the aliens. Oh, that's so funny. But that's what they were doing on set for real anyway. And am I am I giving it too much credit to think that, that they slid that in? I don't know. I don't know. But I don't know I don't know if that like Yeah, that that's a funny joke though. I th- I yes. think Peter Jackson uh, he plays two roles in this. Does. I think Peter Jackson shows the most uh enthusiasm mm-hmm. in um probably the the person who wants to be there the most, very clearly. <laughs> yeah. Not to say that he's an amazing actor or anything, but he, right. he definitely nails exactly what he wanted 
this seems to feel like. I think with him as Derek in it, um, uh-huh. I mean, I think you saying like he has the most enthusiasm for it is is perfect. You see, I think in the character that he creates of Derek in here, clearly the best actor of this whole yeah. thing, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, you see shades of what is going to become the lead in Brain Dead. You know, yeah. like yes. the the unhinged charisma of that character the sort of Mm. over the top um, I don't know the personality the physicality um, the use of his facial expressions to convey uh, all sorts of just kind of really silly things Um, I think you his character in this is like the the blueprint for that in many ways you know just done so much better when you get a real actor to do it interesting Um, that both uh both protagonists end up reborn through the body of their oppressor you know what i mean uh derek being reborn at the fucking back end one of the aliens and lionel through his horrifically (laughs) mutated and gigantic mother. mother Um, uh-huh. So maybe there's something to that. Yeah, I, I can I can well understand that the characters might be similar because they certainly have similar end games. Yeah. Uh, did either of you looking at uh, at Derek go Harry Potter instantly? <laughs> no. no. Yes, because he was wearing a Gryffindor uh, and scarf Harry Potter glasses and Harry Potter glasses. And he gets he gets uh, he gets a, a wound on his head. Harry oh, Potter ish. Wow, okay. I'm just saying. Oh. Listen, Ooh. that 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 turf uh, stole from a lot of yeah, kind was of all over that place, so. No, I didn't get I didn't get Harry Potter from him. I did get Doctor Who, however. Um, oh yeah, yeah, okay, which yeah, is I, far yeah, more is, likely to be the influence. That is what he was going for, I believe. One hundred percent. There's a yeah. Doctor Who reference in there too, I believe. Um, oh. When they're there chatting is. by the car, Derek mentions, "Oh, they might have come in a telephone box or something like that." Yeah. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> which, of course. Nearly, nearly, nearly came to fruition. Uh, I want to say maybe five, six, seven years ago. Um, there was long, long, long-standing rumor that Peter Jackson was in the chair to either write or direct an episode of Who. Um, mm. It, it, it well. was so close to happening to the point where they filmed a skit of uh, Peter Capaldi showing up at Peter Jackson's home, um, which is easily accessible, is easily easily findable on YouTube. Mm. Um, so yeah, you know, you talk about. You talk about uh, obsessions getting mentioned for the first time and taking root over someone's life. This is obviously somebody who's, who's been into Who since he was a, a, a lad and seeing it referenced in his in his movie. The way and to have worked on this for four years, he must have wanted to get that line in there about the telephone box. You know what I mean? That was obviously a passion play. <laughs> Absolutely, out. right. Uh, and and if anything, like that's what Peter Jackson is, right? Is like he is an obsessive. Like mm-hmm. he's a fanboy. Yes. He's you know he works at things that he is deeply. Mm. obsessed with that's how we yeah. get lord of the rings after all this time i mean this is a passionate guy um and that's one of those things see here's so i said i wanted to, to mention this that mark you have said many times you do not have patience for um so bad it's good movies you don't no, have so. patience <laughs> for you don't horror comedies are really hard for you you don't do very oh, okay. well with yeah. them in general you don't have a lot of patience for people thinking themselves funny no um, <laughs> and so with this <laughs> one of the things that i always you know argue back about this is that like this is how you get 
other things made though those so bad it's good horror movies sometimes they're cynical cash grabs or whatever sometimes yeah but they're also often like the best someone can do who does not have a network you know they don't have like i know all the right people to borrow the equipment um and that they don't have like a ton of financing behind them this is the best they can make Mm. um and so, you know, I always kind of come a little bit to the defense of that. This movie is absolutely, to me, in the exact same vein as any of those. It is, he knows what he's doing because he's clearly a movie fan who has been observing how movies are made. That's so you get good editing. You get, I mean, the opening scene to this movie is just so well shot and so mm-hmm. well put together. Yeah. The, you know, the di- the um, sound of the like 999 call or whatever it is over uh, the the footage and the silhouettes and all that. It's great. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to make a movie, but doesn't have the funds and the network right. to make one that's as good as it should be. Mm-hmm. Also, it's not very funny. The humor is like, <laughs> it's, it's terrible. The there's pacing some, is bad. Like, uh, yeah. And yet, yeah, there's some you issues for sure. <laughs> you yeah. know, so I want, I want to hear what is the difference for you and why that doesn't trans. Like, why do you not extend this to, you know, the genre of the bad yep. starter film? Well, because a few of those bits that he's doing his best at really fucking land hard for me. There are some bits, there's some dialogue in the film in particular that I, I genuinely laugh at. Not in a kind of, oh, he was trying to do something sincerely there. Mm-hmm. Genuinely, because it catches me off guard and I find it funny. Um, the old guy, the head of Crumb's Crunchy Delights, um, when he's addressing all the workers in, in the in the hallway, and he claims, he says that we won't be bringing one of them home due to a state of permanent death. That's a funny <laughs> line. That's a Douglas Adams and when he, fucking zinger. When he calls That's a great them all line. Assholes is also bunch of very real funny. assholes. Yep. Yeah. That, yeah, that was hilarious. Mm-hmm. That that wasn't hilarious on a budget. That was legitimately funny. Yeah, just funny. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, the part, yeah, as you said, where he turns around and just like fake fires. Yeah. That, that's Machine funny. That really hits. Yeah. When they've got the guy, the, the you know the charity guy, when they, they they put him in a fucking barrel full of water and vegetables and sellotape the apple into his mouth, that always strikes me as just really <laughs> one of those little incongruous funny details. They didn't bother. Yeah. They just taped it around his fucking head. Yeah. Um. I I imagine that happening. I imagine one of the goons doing that, and I, and I find it funny. I and yeah, and Peter Jackson as the you know the goon character he plays. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of the stuff he does is is fun, but. Just kind of, it's in the background. Like, it's not like the the main thing we're supposed to be looking at. Um, yeah, to me, it yeah, gave I, me the feeling like, because, you know, I was a film production major. Uh-huh. It's like when you're watching, like, you're, you know, some people make a film, and it's like the idea is really good, and for a few minutes, you're like, this is really great. And then yeah. it kind of is like, okay, you kind of, oh, the joke has kind of played itself out. And that maybe is- this is like a little long... I mean, I mean, you mentioned so bad it's good, and we we talked about the the screaming chat, and we've been doing this now for I don't know two years, uh, mm. watching horrendous movies on Friday nights, <laughs> uh, and sometimes they're big studio just right. shit movies, uh, but mm. a lot of times they are, uh, and it'll it'll be like that where there's about uh, ten minutes of a good movie right. in there, yes. the bones, but of the good it's movie. an hour and thirty, yes. so. <laughs> It so often happens that we start a movie and we're like, this might be good, this might be yeah, good, totally, and then it's totally. like, it is overstayed, it's welcome. This 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 has um, a lot of, it, it shows a lot of his talent, yes. like future talent that's going to be, I mean, by the time you get to Meet the Feebles, I don't know if you've seen Meet the Feebles, but 
uh, he, he's already got much more of a concept of story structure yes. and, and all that stuff. Flashbacks. And then, yeah, we get to brain dead, dead alive. Um, it's it's a, a, a perfect gross-out horror movie. Mm-hmm. So it's not even hard for, for him to step from bad taste to, to doing mm-hmm. something much better. Um, I, I, I do think you're right, though, that it is... It's it's it loses entertainment value a lot. It'll like drop a lot, and right. that often is just the scenes where it's just the boys talking and it, or not talking because there's a there's a lot of yes, that too. exactly. <laughs> everything everything in this also, by the way, is ADR. They didn't have any sound equipment, <laughs> so true. all of it. Sometimes is, that's is more them, obvious than other times. Yeah, sometimes it's much more obvious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I I think. You know, overall, though, when I do think about this in relation to movies we watched on a Friday night, yeah. one, it is definitely something we would watch on a Friday night. Yeah. But two, I don't think I would get as bored as I do with a lot of the others because it has more rising moments. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It doesn't just fall into. But you're right, though. There is a good bit of time where it's just like. What the fuck? It's just, <laughs> I don't care. You're just walking through a town with a hammer. It's like, I know exactly who in the scream and chat would be telling us what the timestamp is right now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Going, this is still on. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not blown away by this, but I'm also like, this is a cool artifact mm-hmm. in relation to Peter Jackson's career. Yeah, uh, totally. But I'm not mad at it. I, I, I do. I found this fun. Like the, I watched it three times and it was fine with it. Puts a gigantic tick in a gigantic box for doing one of the things that is so so rare in horror movies, and yet when you think about it, it makes so much sense. Why doesn't every movie do this? Why doesn't every single movie uh, end with a tune called the title of the movie, with one of the guys <laughs> in the movie and the band playing the tune, which is called after the movie? Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. that you need that. Why not? Why you not do. doing that all the time? Movies. Or you need that, or you need a rap that describes yeah. exactly what happened in the movie. Is that or new metal? Yep. Yes. <laughs> Is that or new metal for <laughs> sure? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I have to say, you know, I'm giving this movie shit, you know, or whatever, because uh, what are we going to just talk about this movie and rave mm. about it or whatever? But right. uh, again, I watched it twice. If I really, really hated it, I yeah. would not have watched it twice. Yeah, you exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. And. It, Obviously, if people listen to Jog, they know that I'm not as into, like, I don't love, like, body horror and stuff like that and a lot of that kind of gore right. and stuff like that. But I do enjoy over-the-top stuff yeah. like uh-huh. this. Uh, and so we've talked a bit about the effects in this um, and, and how they've worked. But, like, just to get specific about yeah. it, I mean, it does so many things that are deeply fun in this. Yeah. One of the the first kills you see is a guy, like, the top of his head... Uh, yes. being completely like severed in half uh-huh. um, and you see like his brain and all the mm-hmm. innards and stuff coming out of that which yep. bears much resemblance to the like ear custard in yes. uh, oh, it does. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like kind of the same consistency uh-huh. and color coming out of there uh, from yep. Dead Alive um, and you know you have like which is just hilarious you can't help but sort of like instant laugh when you see it right you've got one of my favorite things in anything is like using a human body to as a weapon or like yeah. pushing a weapon through a human body so i've oh, talked yes. a lot about wonderful um, that is so good demon knight with the f- 
head on the fist yes. <laughs> punching through someone with that. This one you get, um, you know, it's Derek, right, who's trying to push, like, you know, uh-huh. he gets his gun sort of, like, wedged in the yeah. body of this guy and sees another guy coming. He's like, oh, what am I going to do? And so he just pushes it through the body <laughs> and shoots the other That's guy so awesome. through it. Yeah. It's wonderful. Like, you it you is. can't help but laugh yeah, at that. And it's really, you know, for, with practical effects, it is doing and some incredible stuff creating this. Does yeah. it look real, per se? Maybe not, but... Maybe not. Yeah. It's... It, Looks incredible, nonetheless. It does. Uh, much it does. like, much like Brain Dead, right? The ear custard scene that you so deftly <laughs> referenced. Uh-huh. There was no reason for the ear custard scene or the gruel scene in Bad Taste. It added. Oh, God. It added oh. nothing. It added nothing to the film, right? It was. You could cut it out right now. I could fucking right. just cut, and nothing would be different about the film. No, nope. it yeah, depends it's on nothing. Purely to gross you out. It is yep. simply there for the absolute fucking fuck of it. it the most yep. gratuitously yeah. vile and and just extraneous moment in any film. It's simply there because Jackson wished it to be so. Uh, when I, the first time I watched it, I was like, "Oh, that's gross," you know, whatever. The second time I watched it, I had read. See, this is just like the foot taco thing. When I found out <laughs> what they actually used for it, it somehow made it even grosser. It, it's grosser. Yeah, it's, okay. Well, yeah, because yeah. it's like, so they used yogurt. They used, um, uh, yeah. And beans and whatnot. Peas. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was like peas and beans. And it was because Peter Jackson was like, because when you vomit, whether you've had peas or beans, for it's some reason, there. there's always peas and beans in yep. it. Um, <laughs> and then it wasn't thick enough, so he just went and got handfuls of dirt and oh, put it in it to thicken it up. Jesus, Peter. And so something about <laughs> just, like, knowing all this, then seeing the peas and beans in yeah. the, like, bowl yep. of it really made it, like, realer to me Ugh, when yeah. they like drank and it and I was like I'm like it, trying it, not to it added gag nothing. Right it brought nothing, it, nothing to the tail it's so gross and the sounds the thing is I did the thing where I was like oh, I'm just gonna look away and the sounds are so <laughs> gross yeah. that I was like this is worse this is worse this is worse <laughs> like trying to eat my goldfish and I'm like they're coming back they're coming back uh, I so my gross. theory as to why that scene is even there is just because Peter Jackson wanted to make a mold of his own head I see and puke through it uh he just had the idea and was like i'm gonna do that and it's i mean it it does nothing but just like the ear custard scene it's memorable and it it grosses you out it it works for what it's trying to do even though it's not important at all i like to think that it was at that point the new zealand cinema commission were like fucking use your money take it take Take the cash you crazy bastard (laughs) Go turn a, a house into a spaceship somehow. <laughs> Someone on Letterboxd wrote, like, in their review, like, I just love to imagine, like, the film board uh, sitting down to decide whether to allow Peter Jackson to do The Lord of the Rings and just watching this movie <laughs> beforehand. Yeah. Well, yep. That's <laughs> the thing that I think is why we still all love Lord of the Rings because yep. Peter Jackson has a DIY mentality, mm-hmm. yes. uses old film tricks, mm-hmm. and 
doesn't rely exclusively on the CGI. Right, yeah. Because he knew that they didn't have the capacity to make it look great. What screams at you from the letterbox reviews, you just cast your eye down and it is watcher after watcher after watcher saying, I wish this Peter Jackson would come back. Where's this guy? Yeah. Yeah. Why can't we have him again? Just one more, Peter. Come on. So many people are fucking yearning for that guy to come back. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah. I would love a gross out Peter Jackson horror movie Mm. today. Just made on... Whatever he can, he can scrap together. Yeah, it's um, like you don't even necessarily want a high budget, like not right. a Lord of the Rings budget gross out. He's got shit lying around in his kitchen. Absolutely, could make movies. And it would probably be a sure. lot of fun for him. Yeah, it you would know? be too. Yeah, I feel like we should start that petition. Um, <laughs> what were you just saying, Steve? Because there was something I wanted to. Oh, oh, shit. Uh, my memory. Um, <laughs> oh no! Uh, Both just... of us trying to think back yeah. thirty seconds. Oh, no. I'm just talking, oh, uh, how Peter Jackson uh, used old film tricks oh. and DIY, yeah, 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 et cetera, sure. blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I went to the, like, Weta workshop in New Zealand, uh-huh. and it really was such an incredible thing to to see. And one of the cool things about that workshop is that, like, they have, like, human exhibits in it. So like, there is a guy who does effects for them who is literally just working in there and then you could just walk up and he and ask him questions no. about it like about the thing Whoa. he was making about like uh anything he recalls from from making stuff That's um really cool. and, That's and the gal who i assume all of the people they have working there are like this but the gal who led our tour literally you could we walked into a big room when you when you get in there right and there's mm-hmm. um like posters from all the movies there's that Weta has ever made there's props there's all these kinds of stuff in this first room and she literally goes um so if you have a question ask me and you can point at any of the posters oh, on the wall incredible. ask her a That's question awesome. about them and she will answer incredibly That's knowledgeable nice. um but what really like that's the thing about you know, Peter Jackson and Weta and all this stuff is this DIY mentality comes through, right? And mm-hmm. the the passion mm-hmm. that you have to have to create something that is going to be so time consuming that isn't taking the easy way out by just throwing mm-hmm. some money at it and making a computer do it, but having people create things with their bare hands to, you know, we, uh, my friends Ben and Jason and I, um, I do not like Lord of the Rings, but they deeply, deeply love them. So I've seen all yeah. of them and their special features. Uh, yeah. And they constantly reference um, in one of the behind the scenes things, uh, Peter Jackson's enthusiasm for his bigatures, the the models that they yeah. used to create um, these, uh, the sets and the, all these different pieces for Lord of the Rings. And they're incredibly time consuming to create and there's probably an easier way to do this <laughs> but yeah what you get at the end of that is something that is visually stunning and uh that does what you kind of want a movie to do in tricking a viewer oh, into yeah, being a part of that world it was thanks to joag in fact that uh after having seen, again, I, I could not put a finger on how many times I've seen Brain Dead, right? It's got to be in the triple figures by now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it was only through a Joe Hag. Joe Hag? Fuck is Joe Hag. Joe Hag. It was only through a Joe Hag listener uh, sending me a photo of Peter Jackson looming over the Bigature version of the uh, New Zealand township set at the beginning of mm. Brain Dead that I realized that that wasn't a full size location. Right. Yeah. 
It's I not a real no town. Fucking what? clue. And I've seen that film so many times. And that's the kind of detail that you're talking about. Stuff that you just to this day will, will not know until somebody tells you. So many yes. tricks and, and little hands-on practical bits. Uh, that, I love it. You know, may, might forever go undiscovered. So here's um, the the thing I think that this movie is missing that his future movies have, mm. and mm. that is Fran Walsh. Fran Walsh starts working with him on Meet the Feebles. His longtime partner, Fran Walsh, oh, okay. is, I believe, the driving force in putting Peter Jackson together. <laughs> like he. He he just cobbled things together, finally put a movie together over four years. Fran Walsh comes along and she's like, oh, here are your good ideas. I like them. Now let's make this work. Let's do yeah. this instead of just, you know, randomly putting things together on the weekend. So once Fran Walsh comes along, that's when you start to see his stories working because mm. she's writing them. Uh, she she is making these things come together in a cinematic way, in a film way. Right. Um, and then you get his amazing effects and amazing brain for, mm. for this gross-out sort of stuff uh, getting filtered through someone who knows how to make it work. And right. that that is really just what this is missing, is someone who knows how to make Peter Jackson come together. That absolutely makes sense. That, I mean, that is often how creative people work, right? Like right. you need yeah. your, your producer. You need the person who is, who reigns in all the ideas and makes it practical because a lot yeah. of people are big picture. They have a thousand ideas exactly. and they yes. can't necessarily turn that into something coherent, especially trying to decide what goes into a movie and what doesn't, you know, right. it, I want to put all the things that I worked on into this. Um, right. You know, I don't want to cut anything from it. <laughs> like one of these moments, in, and I know a lot did get cut from Bad Taste, but one of the things in there that it baffles me that stays in there is just like the moment where the one guy, um, he's about to like set off to go after, he's like kind of setting off on his own, and it shows him like undoing his belt and undoing <laughs> his shirt and right. taking off the shirt, and then right. like, and it takes like a minute and you're like, yes. oh, I quite like why? That. <laughs> I know, see, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. To me, it, it it added just a little bit more grit and dirt to the the fact that these three guys are New Zealand's last line of defense against intergalactic predators, and they live in their car. Basically, he's chucking <laughs> right. his stuff in it the fucking like food. It could have been a much quicker way to do that than this drawn yeah. out thing in a movie that already is pretty drawn out, you know? Yeah. And, and it's just like those decisions like that, that someone who was more like, all right, well, we're going to get to kind of the point of this, like a professional right, editor exactly. even would <laughs> like be like, yeah, no, we don't need that. And this is why directors aren't often, you know, editing things. Right, um, exactly. Because they fall in love like with that. the thing they shot and don't care that it doesn't right. make sense. That it doesn't yeah. totally work. You're like, yeah, right. but, <laughs> yeah. Oh, but look at how cool it looks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I think with this this whole movie, it's like there's definitely a lot of stuff that probably should have been on the cutting room floor. It would make sense as a short film. Um, yeah. But I think it is really fun to see those bones Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. the skeletal structure that makes up something that you absolutely will see later, you know? You don't often mm -hmm. get to really see that journey for a director, especially one who is obviously as huge as Peter as Jackson. Peter yeah. You know, a lot of times people don't get to make 
either they have their like film school bullshit they made or whatever mm, or yeah. the first time they get to make a full length film is when they are able to be funded yeah, uh, right and put more into it and this being something that was made in this very uh, a full length film made in this DIY style is is really yeah. unusual so it's fun to be along on that journey uh mark comparing it to dark star is i think a really good comparison and the difference there being that John Carpenter was at USC and had all sorts of other people <laughs> right. to, to help him and stuff. But it does still have that feel, very similar feel of like, this is just a weird group of people who are yep. doing the strangest shit <laughs> in these, like, the often slow scenes. Yes. But... You're still compelled by it. Like I love Dark Star. I, I and I, I I really like Bad Taste. Uh, you know, as 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 this sort of artifact, uh, because of you're just watching and seeing like this is John Carpenter growing up. Yep, exactly this is that. Peter Jackson growing up, and they, I I really I find that very interesting. But again, you know, this is not necessarily a movie you're going to turn on at a party. Uh, and no, everybody's going to enjoy um, but he, we've yeah. got two sides of the coin there to look at haven't we not only have we got that artifact we've also got the uh, the, the gift of 35 years worth of hindsight exactly mm. you know mm. which there have been plenty of times that I, I I've seen something that I hope will turn out to be an, a bad taste moment from a director uh, mm. but I, I simply don't have 40 years probably <laughs> to live to get that kind of <laughs> hindsight uh, on a guy again so it's nice to have right. that fully complete uh, artifact as you said it is it's nice and how wild is it you know it, it's easy too with that hindsight you see like oh the the DNA of who he is going to become or whatever but the people who then gave him money to make other movies and things like that only had this right like they right. only had yeah. <laughs> this the, and like, meet the feeble the balls and... to give this guy money when <laughs> yeah, you right. see what he's making yeah because you know that he's got talent but it's also like watch i i, I guarantee because you wouldn't have had the the house bits and all that stuff without news like the the film council or whatever mm -hmm. so the bits they saw were mostly the stuff that uh, Corey, you were saying pretty boring and, and bad right yeah. uh, so like <laughs> might not have had music it might not have had the, the yeah. re-recording done right like so you know they the, somebody saw that and was like no there's there's, talent there's something here, here. Yeah. <laughs> this they is were cool. right <laughs> yeah and, and it's so like it's incredible how uh how lucky you have to get even when it's something yes. like this mm, you know yeah. like that yeah. that degree of luck in something that someone saw that and was like yeah, no, this is not going to be everybody's taste, and this right. is a little bit of a hot mess, but yeah. there is something here that is absolutely, I see what's, what this could be. Um, and to have that sort of then continue to be a thing up through then, you get kind of a pretty big change of trajectory with the Heavenly Creatures, and yeah. then on to uh, Lord of the Rings, and now he right. makes documentaries more than anything else. Yeah. I um, mean, it's all over the place. I, I gotta assume now he's just fulfilling dreams. Um, right, he's making what he wants to make. Just make whatever you want to make. Yeah, but I, I I do hope I hope we get at least just one more Jackson. Nice just, to think it. Yeah, just gross and <laughs> silly and full of uh, you know normal film tricks and no CGI and mm -hmm. I'd love that. That would be amazing. Has he ever talked about that? Like why he doesn't? Every make few years those? he threatens. 
to <laughs> remaster what he calls his naughty films, Bad Taste, Me, yeah. Feebles, and Brain Dead. Um, uh-huh. he, they, there is, he is currently supposedly working on a Bad Taste and Meet the Feebles Blu-ray transfer. Um, but in terms of like making another one of these movies, do you think he's just yeah, over he it? Like he's just like, I did my time in the trenches making my, that. Yeah, well, that, that's, that's what it is. That's right? the goal for me is is that he finally one day will get around to cleaning up Bad Taste and Meet the Feebles and, and something, it, it will, you know, it will, it will rustle something within him and he'll kind of maybe give it a crack he could he, he, yeah. it, it doesn't it isn't a five-year job for him now he could do he could do this in a couple <laughs> right. of weeks you know a couple of months yeah no kidding that is that is kind of funny to think about that that movie would take zero time with it the would. skills and the funds yeah. that he would absolutely to make it and you uh, see even even when he got fucking slick the last, you know, his last dabbling with horror was still something as cool as Frighteners, which still gets spoken yes. about. Yeah. You know, it, it, even that, which you get the impression that wasn't Jackson at full, you know, oh, let's try some mad shit, see what sticks, let's see if it works. Let's, you know, that was that was Jackson. Uh, was it Universal that released the Frighteners, I want to say, off the top of my head? Um, uh, I'm not sure, yeah. But, you know, even that at, at say, you know, at five or six on the dial is still mm-hmm. something effortlessly cool that he's able to knock out when he yeah. wants. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, he, yeah, he, I, 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 right now I would settle for that Peter Jackson. Yeah. If, if... Sure. Yeah. Another Frighteners, mm. for sure. Yeah, I'd watch that. <laughs> well, you know how much I'm always jonesing for a good, like, well-done ghost story. So please, yeah. do, do another something like that, and I'm going to be the happiest person on the planet. I love that movie. I, um, I, I think that uh, if he did another... Because, like... I feel like maybe what it is is he doesn't want to take away from other young filmmakers. Like I, I feel like that's always nice when mm-hmm. a, an established filmmaker is like, "No, I'll just sit back." But that's also when you can become the producer. I mean, it, yeah, it, like, true. You know, true, true. Peter Help Jackson producing some of these like you know uh, lower budget horror films yeah. would be interesting. Which I, I think, think you know, every now and again you see like Weta on stuff that you're yeah. like, mm-hmm. "What?" <laughs> the, yeah. You know, the end of some small picture. I talked about that that Peter Jackson moment in a in a in an early movie, and I think the last time I felt that was probably District Nine. He was my big hope for the future. Neil, Neil Blomkamp, is that yeah, that's right. And he just yeah. made that one movie and never. Yeah. And then everything that, went. Awry. That was it. No, no, he must have decided. His, I'm not going to do that anymore. His ideas for the Alien sequel looked awesome. I really wish he had gotten that opportunity. Yeah. To actually make his Alien sequel, but yeah, yeah, you're right, Blomkamp. Yeah, after District 9, it was just like, anything that I saw was always just like, ugh, disappointing. It doesn't reach that level. Yes. And he felt as though he was just murdering properties on purpose for a bit, didn't he? I mean, his his alien didn't work, his Robocop didn't work. I think Julius, did he have Terminator stank on him for a little bit? I don't know. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that, that didn't turn out so great. So, let's get to the rating. Um, I mean, I will just go ahead and slap a number on this. I think, at looking at this as as a as an artifact of who who Peter Jackson would become, mm. I, I very much enjoy it. There's a whole lot in here that I do very much enjoy. The the special effects, especially, I think, are, are great considering what low budget he was working on. But also, it's a uh, you know. It's it's a, a first film made on a shoestrap budget. It, it has that feel to it, even though there's obvious talent. So for me, this is like, um, I would say like a five. 
Um, it's an enjoyable enough time, but it's nothing masterful. Um, definitely, though, uh, got some parts I love. What about you, Corey? Well, now, see, <laughs> I think you like it more than I do. Obviously. And I would yeah. say a five. But also... <laughs> <laughs> this is the constant uh, back and forth between Mark and I about how every we single things goddamn every single time. Uh, so <laughs> I'm like, I guess mine always are a little bit generous uh, compared to how I think the quality of a movie is. So yeah, I was going to, I mean, like a 4.55. I think I don't, I don't hate it. I'm not mad at it. I watch movies with the scream and chat like this yeah. all the time. Um, and, you know, it's, doesn't necessarily hold all of my ADHD attention no. uh, for the middle <laughs> of it. Um, uh, but overall, yeah, I think, like you said, it's sort of an artifact of a career that went on to be something so interesting. And as a movie that does have some really just great moments and effects. Yeah. I'm not mad at it. Give it. Let's say I'm good to double. I'm going to say 4.5. All right. What are we out Mark, of okay. what, what, 10. What is out this? of 10. Out of 10, okay. Um, One of the most prized qualities in a film for me isn't something really so much that you can see or hear. It's authenticity, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. I I value this in in my people as much as I do the art that I watch. And one thing Bad Taste has is... It's it's the most authentic first film I think I've ever seen. It's it's you know it's like sitting down with Peter Jackson in his twenties and chatting with the guy. It, it's that imbued with with what you know his his environment was like. His voice was like his 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 passions. Um, now we do argue about ratings a lot on Joag in that. <laughs> what do I rate too low? Do I is that what I do? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Too low. Well, uh, a letterboxed four would be a real world eight. So I'm going to stick yeah. with that. Yep. All right. I think there that's fair. Mm-hmm. It's just the way that you phrased that, Mark, I think really is what is something special about this. Yeah. Because the other element of this is, you know, Peter Jackson being in the movie twice, but specifically yeah. as a speaking, you know, uh, main character, uh, the character of Derek. That is something that is just kind of cool to see because you really are, like yeah. you just said, yeah. Really, that adds that authentic feeling of like this is where he was in life. Mm-hmm. Completely, completely. That's, yeah. betting on himself, isn't it? He's betting on yeah. himself in every possible way, you know. And his, a four-year gamble he, too. Like that. Yeah, is just, the reason he took wow. that role, he said, was because it was like he couldn't depend on anyone else to like show up and do right. it. So I might as well. Um, and so, really, that is where you're seeing like such a journey of the heart here. That yeah absolutely makes this such a treasure to watch whether you enjoy it or not yeah we have now wrapped up our conversation on bad taste so (laughs) i get to tell you what we're talking about next week and i gotta i gotta uh uh i guess explain uh normally we would do a patreon pick next week uh unfortunately we had some scheduling conflicts etc uh ben and i will be talking about the hitcher next week and then we'll do two Patreon episodes in May. So the first week in May will be Patreon, and then the last week. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, we couldn't be helped. So, just <laughs> hey, listen, the people of Jack of All Graves, who of late are never on time, are going to go ahead and speak for all of the Dead and Lovely fandom and say, you know what? You're doing fucking great, man. Thank Don't even you. worry about it. Uh, um. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so we're going to be talking about The Hitcher, 1985, Rutger Hauer. Um, if you haven't ever seen The Hitcher, you need to see The Hitcher. 
Yeah. Um, if uh, you tell me the Hitcher's not a horror movie, okay, I don't care. Do people do people say the Hitcher's not a horror movie? Yeah, they do. It's a it's a thriller, you know type. Oh. Okay, okay. I guess thriller and horror are not exactly the same thing, but nah, yeah, not exactly. But it's you know, <sighs> I. I I'd call it a horror movie. I'm done with the 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 border there. Right. Uh, we don't need to gatekeep it here. It's a horror. You talked about the the Hitcher and Duel. What, was there? An, it sounds to me like you're talking about Roadcore. Roadcore. Fuck yeah. Roadcore. Yes. Oh, Mark, it's been a minute since we've had it's a core. It's been a while. Roadcore. I would even include the original Mad Max in Roadcore. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, the sequels are Joyride. much more of a. Joyride, yes. Was Alone wow. one recently? Yeah, Alone. I have to write this down so we can talk about it next week. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We're we're helping you out with the preview palace now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, go watch The Hitcher and uh, we'll be talking about it next week. Uh, anyway, thank you for hanging out with us, uh, or with me this week, Corey and Mark, uh, for stepping in, filling uh, Ben's shoes. Well, we can't fill Ben's shoes, but, you know. Well, it was fun trying. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> it it is hard to fill Ben's shoes. It's true, but uh, you guys fucking nailed it. So way to go! <laughs> We're very pleased to be here. We always love talking to you. Steve. Always a treat, big man. And so uh, yeah, this this has been dead and lovely. Uh, thank you. We love you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Um, holy shit. So, I was trying to think of stupid things to talk about to just throw something in here mm. to put at the end, but I couldn't think of anything stupid to talk about. So, oh, okay. uh, what I, I did come up with, though, <laughs> is This Poindexter uh, over here can't think of anything stupid. Yeah, no, I can only think of smart things to talk yeah. about, obviously. Um, uh, so, last night... Uh, for some reason, I listened to Lisa Loeb. Uh, what's that song? Wait, stay? is that the name? Oh. Stay, stay. <laughs> and it is running in my head. And it has been all morning. I just like cannot get it out of my head. But I don't know the lyrics. That's why it, it happens, Steve. Yes. And it's like... I'm like, well, I don't know what the fuck is being said. So my brain is going insane. Do you like, know I, that's like that's the theory of earworms? Oh, is it? Yeah. So they call it an Tell earworm me. when you have something stuck uh-huh. in your head like that. And yeah. so when you... You say, <laughs> I only hear what I want to. That was <laughs> yeah, the that's song. It's thought that the reason that we do this is because like our brains crave completion. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you never get a song that you know by heart stuck in your head, right? If you know every lyric oh, yeah. of a song... Yeah. You never you never get it stuck in your head. It's ones where it's like you know a line and your brain is going, What's the next part? What's the next part? What's the next part? And so it just keeps replaying it over <laughs> yeah. and over and, and over. Driving in me head. insane. Yeah, I know, right? There is an all time wonderful episode of Married with Children, right? Where Al Bundy spends the whole episode trying to get people to to remind him what this song is called, and all he's got is mm-hmm, him, <laughs> and he goes around the entire fucking episode doing doing that and trying to get the song. Does he ever figure it out? <sighs>
Oh, he does. Uh, and it's called Go With Him. <laughs> I can't remember who the song is by. Good to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it happens to me all the time. Yeah, so I'm uh, going to remove my brain so oh. I can just forget this song. Actually, Mark knows how to do that. <laughs> great idea. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah. Oh, I do. Uh, well, I know how uh, you, you can access your brain or allow, like, air, oxygenated, fresh, delicious air oh. to flow across Trepanation. The, the kind of the topography of your brain. Trepanation, yeah. exactly, yeah. sir. Let's do it. Uh, maybe that's what you need a little bit of. <laughs> yeah. The hardcore method of evicting Lisa Loeb from your fucking cranial <laughs> real estate. Get out, Lisa. Yeah. Get that broad out of there. <laughs> Lisa's up, Lisa. <laughs> 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 No more staying for you. 